Welcome back. Richard, how many times in the past couple of weeks have you heard someone say, but I am just tired of wearing a mask? Every day. Just about every day, right? Multiple, multiple times every day, I hear somebody say, I'm so tired of these darn masks. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of masks. I'm tired of social distancing. I'm tired of not being able to go and do what I want to do. Mm -hmm. um, we hear it every day. And it's... We certainly understand uh, because right. there are times when it's really difficult to be, uh, to have to wear the mask. And I found myself, I, I got out of the car yesterday and um, I went up to, uh, I took, had to take my car in for an oil change. And I got out of the car and I went up to the desk and I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't put my mask on. And so I had to go back to the car and, and pick up my mask and, and go out because, yeah, it, it, it's challenging. But, but we're going to talk today about why it's important that we remain vigilant with this. Um, we are entering uh, quickly, we are entering flu season. Um, and, and every year flu season is a problem. Um, you know, it, it affects a lot of people. And this year, well, this year it's gonna be even more challenging because um, so many of the symptoms of the flu overlap with symptoms of COVID. And so now we're going to, to really be struggling with uh, figuring out what's going on, who's healthy, who's not healthy, and how do we remain safe? Right. You know, it's funny, this, this podcast we started to work on it several weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago uh, in October, and uh, then some other things got in the way, and so um, we, we shelved it for a few weeks. Yeah. But since that time, um, since October, because initially we were reporting October data, right. since then it's gotten in. in um, incrementally worse right and we are now um you know in a, in a way it was serendipitous that we had to postpone this podcast because since we originally planned it we are now in the um, in the throes of a major surge increase around the country it's especially the midwest has been especially hard hit <clears throat> but um we are already in that surge that everybody predict predicted would happen in November and December yeah. because of the colder temperatures mm -hmm. and because of the holidays. And if anybody is venturing out these days, um, what I'm hearing, I don't, I don't go, um, I don't usually go to stores and malls anyway, but people who do are telling me that it looks like the Christmas holiday shopping season. I think Black Friday, you know, all the stores are turning all of November into Black Friday. And I think people are rushing into stores to take advantage of these um, special buys because um, I'm told now that parking lots are full. You can't even find a parking place at Walmart and, um, and malls and things. And, and it looks like the Christmas season has started. And I think the problem is that we are tired. Everybody is fed up with this virus. We're all tired of dealing with it, talking about it, thinking about it. You said you forgot to have your, wear your mask the other day. You know, you get out of the car to go someplace and you have to go back to your car to get, you know, oh, forgot my mask. So you gotta go back to the car, get your mask. And we're all tired of it. Yeah. So we're tired of the pandemic. We're tired of the masks. We're tired of social distancing. And you hear more and more people say they've just had it. Let's whatever happens, happens. And um, it, it, um, it, and it's happening at the most dangerous part of this pandemic. Everybody involved in this is saying November and December are going to be our, and probably January, will be our worst months yet. Right. And we're seeing it in Europe where the temperatures have already dropped. Right. The, the, um, the rates of infection have increased um, dramatically. And, and they're, they're going to do the same thing here. It's not, 
it's not just because we have more testing, which is some, some people are trying to say, well, we're testing more, so you're gonna get higher rates. Right. It's, it's around the world, it's not just here. Around the world, there are these increases. And, and you notice that people are, have stopped wearing masks. Right. Many people have just said, I'm not doing it anymore, I'm not wearing them, and to heck with it, whatever happens, happens. Right. Yeah, and it's, um, it's a little bit disconcerting because you go into a store and, mm -hmm. you, you know, again, you know, I know that you do as, as well as I, I do, wear our mask wherever we go. Right. And, um, and yeah, you walk into a store and it, it's, it's, it takes you aback a little bit when you can actually see somebody's entire face. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> what right. is happening? Um, I heard some guy say, could you take your mask off? I don't recognize you. She was talking to this guy and said, could you take your mask off? I don't recognize. I don't know who you are. And he's like, yeah. oh, now I remember. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's, but it is, you know, no one likes it. No. No one likes having to wear a mask. But, you know, it, it is so important. And, you know, the, the one of the articles that we, we posted today, um, you know, sort of states the claim that, you know, wearing masks does decrease the spread. You know, I don't know why we keep having this argument, you know, since the beginning of the pandemic, even before we knew anything, um, there were people, elected officials and TV personalities and different commentators um, were all talking about, well, I, it limits my freedom. Um, I shouldn't have, my, my, the government shouldn't be allowed to tell me what to do. And we had all these arguments. You know, if you live in the state of Florida, you have to wear a seatbelt. Right. You have to buy car insurance. You know, you, you, you don't have a choice. You have to buy car insurance. The government tells you you have to do that. I don't know why this particular mask issue has gotten, uh, gotten this, this um, idea that the government can't force me to wear a mask. Um, yeah. Well, first of all, the government shouldn't have to force you to wear a mask. Right, okay? right. There's that part. Yeah, because every well, infectious, sorry, every infectious disease person in the country is saying wear a mask, and I'm thinking, why does this single issue? Why is it treated differently? Because if you told me that now that I've repaired your leg. And now you have to go home and you have to do these three things. You know, you, you go to the hospital and you get these, do these three things and you do them, okay? Or you, you, um, you go to the dentist and, and you have your wisdom teeth removed and he said, okay, now you have to do this or you're going to get dry sockets. So you do it. The, the experts tell you what you do and you do it. You're not forced to do it. You do it because it makes sense and it's the right thing to do to avoid infection, okay? There's no difference here. And it, but it's interesting... Richard, that people, and, and when people claim that, well, it doesn't really do anything anyways. Um, I, mean, I mean, let's just consider that for just a moment because if masks didn't do anything, if masks didn't help prevent the um, cross infection, like every physician would be dead, right? I, <laughs> every physician sees people with various viruses and illnesses right. and they wear masks. If they didn't wear masks, um, you know, they would be at risk for getting the, the virus. So they wear a mask to prevent contraction. So why is there, why is it even a question that it's helpful? I don't even understand that. Well, how about this? How about the next time you have surgery, tell the, everybody in the operating room, hey, you guys don't need to wear masks. Right. 
you, nobody needs to wear masks or gloves. Don't wear masks or gloves, but go ahead and operate on me while my organs are all exposed. And you don't need to wear, there's a reason why surgeons and nurses wear masks and gloves. <laughs> they've been doing it hundreds. They've been doing it for over a hundred years because we discovered, I mean, do you want to go into a civil war um, surgeons, you know, I mean, the rates that more people died of infections than anything else because they didn't wear masks and gloves and they didn't sterilize. Right. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, masks aren't effective anymore. Right. You know, who, who, I don't know how this thing got traction that, right. that, that they're not, a, that a mask is not effective. Right. It's been effective for over a hundred years. Why is it not effective now? Right. And so I think we need to read, you know, from a psychological, we're not talking about a political decision here. We're saying from a psychological medical health perspective, mm -hmm. um, you shouldn't be, nobody should have to force you to wear a mask because it just makes good sense. Nobody right. should have to force you to take antibiotics. You right. take them because it makes good sense. Right. Um, for some reason, this has a very different uh, taste. Right. And it has nothing to do with your freedom and your liberty. No. To, to ask you to wear a mask. It has to do with public safety. Right. You know, if we, right. if we were, um, you know, talking about just public health in general, mm -hmm. um, you know, we would all be wearing masks. And, right. and, in, and in fact, well, not that we're not going to make this a, into a political podcast, but, um, you know, it, it's the same thing with insurance or it's the same thing with access to services. You know, mm -hmm. we, we, we talk about these things as though, well, you know, um, you can't tell me what to do, or you can't tell me who to see, or you can't right. tell me what I need. Yet, we know that um, when we practice these things, when we had available to the, or had these things available to us, we do well, we do better, we are healthier. And when we're healthier as a community, as a society, right. we're, we're healthy overall, we do mm -hmm. much better. That's right. Yeah, it's better for everybody. You know, it's right. called the common good. Right. So, so why... Uh, we understand, um, we understand this virus now. I mean, we understand how it works. We understand how it's transmitted. We understand its size um, and, and what materials it can go through. Um, but some people still doubt um, and argue that the, the masks are not effective. Yeah. Okay, so some people say, I'm not wearing one because it's not effective. Others insist that it's an infringement upon their liberty and their freedom and their ability to make decisions. Others pay lip service to masks but they don't, <laughs> I like the people who cover their mouth, but not their nose. Right. You know, how many times have we been told you have to cover your nose? Even if your glasses fog up, that means the mask isn't tight enough. Right. And so you gotta cover your nose too, because the droplets come out of both openings. And then others wear these cloth coverings like gaiters that people wear for fishing. Yeah. Or they wear bandanas. And if those things, they're not effective because what you have to imagine is fabrics are woven um, they crisscross and they create, there's little openings. So a typical cotton fabric has openings in it and the openings are large enough for the, for the COVID molecules to get through. So a single layer of cotton is no protection. So they're, they're paying lip service, but they're uh, using masks that aren't effective. And at the, in, somewhere in the show notes, um, there's an article that we found that tests various masks. If you're interested in knowing what is affected and what isn't. When they talk about three layers, you know, they come out very, very, well, the reason you do three layers is it's more likely to block those openings right. if you have three levels. Right. And it's better if you have a poly, uh, polyester fabric because it's solid 
it right. doesn't have those woven fact um, right. like cotton. So yeah, think about the think about how we talk about you know cotton fabric. We say that it's breathable. What the, right. that means that your everything goes through it. That means stuff gets through, like air molecules, you know. And the nano the the coronavirus are very tiny, and so right. it can get through those holes. So so you know if wear a mask, but wear a mask that's effective. These gaiters and bandanas and things, t-shirts that again. So a little boy the other day pulled his t-shirt over his t-shirt up over his nose and I said, that's yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, yeah I, saw, I saw a kid who arrived at school the other day and he didn't have a mask. And so they said, okay, go to the office and I'll give you a mask. And so he's walking like this. <laughs> it's not, that's not really going to do anything, bud. <laughs> that's classic. No, it's absolutely wonderful. That's good. Yeah, good but try. that's just because, you know, again, because if the scientists aren't informing us, then you get misinformation, okay? So, but it's pretty clear now uh, that, that masks are effective and why they're effective. Um, so what we're gonna see now is, and this is particularly important at this time of the year, because we're all tired of the coronavirus, we're all tired of dealing with it, we're getting a little bit lax in our procedures. Mm -hmm. um, how many of you are washing your hands for 20 seconds? Right. How many of you are really wearing your masks? How many of you are really social distancing? Because we're all tired of it. Yeah. But with colder temperatures and holiday gatherings and the increased activity that the holidays bring, all this Black Friday um, mm -hmm. shopping, um, people are venturing out more. Um, the, in the state of Colorado, the governor issued um, an, a, a pronouncement, uh, an announcement ye Friday. Mm -hmm. And he said, if you plan to have a family gathering, right. you, should have, you should start self-quarantining today, right. uh, which would have been the fifth, uh, 13th, 13th, because you need two, two weeks right. to make sure that you're so, so he said, if you're planning a house, that's what you should do. People aren't going to do that. Nobody's going to quarantine for two weeks to have an intergenerational Thanksgiving meal. It's, it's just not right. going to happen. But that's what he recommended. And so with the holiday gatherings, the increased shopping activity, people moving about more, and the colder temperatures, we're going to see an increase. Right. And we're going to see an increase in super spreader events. And there was a wonderful article that traced, uh, that explains uh, very clearly a super spreader event that happened in Maine. It was a wedding reception and there were 55 people. Okay. And it was held in a city, a small town called Millinocket, Maine that had zero infections. When the wedding occurred, this town of 4,500 had zero infections. Right. 55 people came to this wedding reception. Um, on August 6th, the bridal party arrived. On August 7th, the wedding occurred. On August 8th, a day after the wedding, one of the guests developed a cough. <clears throat> and on August 10th, one of the musicians at the wedding developed a cough, ignored it, and went to a meeting at a school that his kids attended. As a result of that musician going to the meeting, so many teachers were infected that they had to delay the start of school by several weeks. Okay. Right. By August 11th, the parent of one of the guests, not, not a guest at the wedding, the parent of one of the guests developed symptoms, but went to work in her law. She lived a hundred miles away. And apparently one of the guests at the wedding 
um, went to visit her and she developed symptoms and she went to work in a long-term care facility. So she traveled, this other person traveled 100 miles, infected his mother. On August 14th, another guest with symptoms reported to work at, a, at his York County Jail. As a result, 41% of the prisoners and 42% of the staff were infected, along with 16 household contacts. So in this wedding of 55 guests, as a result of that, 176 people were infected and seven died. And of the seven who died, none attended the wedding. They were all people who got the infection from the, somebody who attended the wedding. So these, these um, super spreader events like weddings, um, like parties, like um, Thanksgiving dinners, okay? Right. If you invite 12 or 15 people into your house, the risk of infection increases dramatically and can spread very rapidly. So we have, I mean, we really have to be very careful. We're we also discovering like that not too, too long ago in, in our area where, um, you know, and, and it happens everywhere because um, we, we just saw a, we saw not too long ago, a, a, a uptick in, um, in local cases. Um, not surprisingly, within two weeks or so of um, Halloween. Um, and you go back and you look and a lot of people attended um, Halloween parties. Mm -hmm. they, you know, they were going out, you know. A, a friend of mine said, um, you know, asked if I, if I had any trick-or-treaters. I was like, I said, no, I didn't have any trick-or-treaters. And I said, I said, what about you? And she said, oh no, we didn't, we didn't have very many at all. Um, we had just, we only had like 45 or so uh, kids come out. So that's a lot of kids out and around, um, you know, again, not social distancing and, um, you know, certainly not We're wearing the, the, the kind of masks that they should be wearing. And um, okay. yeah, the, these kinds of events, um, Halloween parties and things like that. And of course, okay. we're getting up to Thanksgiving. Um, mm -hmm. Those are huge events that are going to put lots of people at risk. Right. And we're seeing what's happening like with college football. Um, yeah. Everyone, every week there's an announcement. We had to postpone the game because too many players have COVID. Um, and so th this disease is, is spread relatively easily. Okay? So it, we know it's spreading. Um, we're even seeing White House, um, people who work in the White House. Uh, ben Carson has it, Lewandowski has it. Um, a lot of people who, who are in the Oval Office every day have it because they don't wear masks. Right. Um, we're also identifying new sources of infection as we learn more about the disease. And one of them is grocery stores. And it's not because people are touching the food. It's because, again, there are more people in the stores. Fewer are wearing masks and they're in closer contact with each other. Um, you know, those arrows that say you can go up this out and up. People aren't paying attention to those anymore. You know, they're, they're just... Yeah, well, a lot of stores are taking those out. They're just... Yeah. Right. I'm not listening to them anyway. So. Right. And so you increase the number of people who are shopping and you increase the risk. Also, hospital break rooms have become right. of all places. But people are in there eating and drinking and so they don't have their masks on. Okay. So, um, so they're, they're, we're learning about this. Okay. Um, so all the evidence points to this dramatic increase in, and we say dramatic increase, we keep making that point because the, your risk of getting this disease is much higher. And many people argue that, well, most people survive the disease. Um, kids are dying of it. Uh, a 38-year-old teacher died uh, last week 
Um, she got it, she was dead in four days. Um, um, it's, it's not just the elderly, it's not just the sick. Uh, we don't know exactly why certain people get very sick and others don't. Um, I know a, uh, a couple, elderly couple, and the, uh, the, the man has a medical condition, his wife doesn't, she's more severely ill than her husband. You would have expected, we were worried about him, but it's just the reverse, that he had mild symptoms, she had more severe symptoms, and they're not, I think they're finished with it now, but that surprised, again, it surprised all of us. Right. So we have this dramatic infection, reinfection, hospitalizations, and deaths. Um, in October, and I said earlier that we had originally planned this talk for uh, the first of November 1st, getting ready for November, December. In October, uh, we had the highest number of daily infections. It was 99,000. Right. Um, and the highest death toll, our death toll was up to 229,000. Mm -hmm. As a result of those increases in October, San Francisco paused its planned reopening. They were going to reopen in November and they had to decide to shut it down. Right. Belgium went into lockdown on November 1st. So as we're thinking about doing more, we see other places doing less. England and France are, were at that time in October considering lockdowns. Now England is very close to lockdown. Um, we're waiting, it's a day-to-day -day consideration. Yeah. So we're not waiting for the surge anymore. Surge is already here. Well, then we redid the numbers for November. Yeah. And as of mid-November, we've gone from 99,000 cases on October 30th to 154, right. Right? 154. Uh, in one 24-hour period. So in a 24-hour period, 153 people, 153,000 people are infected. And 27 states have set new records. Right. So the surge is already here. Uh, 69,000 or 67,000 have been hospitalized. Mm -hmm. The trouble with that many people being hospitalized is there's a limited capacity. Resources. Right. There's a limited capacity of rooms, of nurses, of physicians. And what, what we're afraid of is people are also having heart attacks and strokes and accidents. Okay? Right. If you that fill up the hospital, still happening. right, all that other stuff is still going on and you're going to overwhelm the hospital. That's always been the fear and right. people don't realize it, but the fear is we're going to have so many people get sick that you're going to overwhelm the healthcare system. We already have a shortage of doctors and nurses who are doing this. Nursing students are being um, recruited now to work in hospitals because of the because of the pandemic. Because we're running out of nurses, so we're taking nursing students and putting them into hospital um, care. We have a thousand deaths per day. Yeah, that's the highest since um, past this past summer. And now we're up to 242,000 deaths. Right. All of these numbers, I don't care how you calculate the numbers, and I don't care how you explain the numbers, like it or not, this increase is going to lead to increased restrictions. I mean, right. it's got somebody's to going to have to do something. Okay? Right. It's the federal to... government isn't doing anything. The president has sort of the washed his hands. Right, because the more that we just leave things open, right. clearly, Lifting all of those restrictions is, is leading to increased risk and increased number of infections. And so right. we, we have to create more restrictions so that we can gain some control. Mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, you have to stop the spread because if you don't, you're going to overwhelm. I mean, forget about the infection rate, forget about the death rate. Don't even think about that. You're going to overwhelm the healthcare system. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's what the people who mayors and governors have the responsibility to make sure that the healthcare system works. Yeah. Well, if you don't get the infection rate and the death under control, you're going to overwhelm your hospitals and people are going to be, I mean, there are gruesome pictures from all over the world um, of, of makeshift hospitals mm -hmm. in different kinds of rooms um, where people are literally, you know, they're dying like in huge dormitories. Right. So we don't want to, so we have, somebody has to do something. So we said earlier that the states in the Midwest have been most hard hit by this, I think because the cold weather has arrived. Um, Utah. Yeah. Statewide mask. If you're out in public, you got to have a mask on. Right. Uh, Washington, D.C. has always had that. Um, Ohio now has a mask mandate. These are not liberal um, right. uh, Democrats. These are, these are states simply where the infection rates. Iowa, now, Iowa's governor resisted the mask mandate for months, and now she's uh, decided that we better have it to slow down the infection. Chicago has a month-long stay-at-home advisory, um, and they've requested families just to cancel Thanksgiving altogether. Please don't have it. El Paso has been particularly hard hit, and it has ordered more refrigerated morgue trailers. Uh, a gruesome thought, but the death rate is increasing so much there. And New York now is preparing, your, if you're listening to the news, um, New York uh, governor and the uh, mayor are both talking about preparing for a second wave. As all of you recall, New York got hit very hard early in the pandemic, and now they're preparing for a second wave. Um, right. Schools. And here's another thing to keep in mind. Detroit schools have already closed and won't reopen until January the 11th. Philadelphia was planning to return in November. They've canceled that. It's all going to be online. Uh, Boston schools have been fully remote since October 21st. Boston already shut down, stopped uh, kids from coming to school. And New York, uh, parents have been told to prepare for um, a shutdown of in-person classes. So our worst fears are being realized. And the it's already here. You know, it's our it's inevitable that we're going to be affected. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the big concerns was as it relates to schools here in Florida is that, um, you know, right now families and schools can choose between students who are seeing, who are coming to class right. um, in, mm -hmm. the, in the traditional brick and mortar versus those who, you know, or they can choose to be e-learning student um, through right. a variety of uh, uh, methods. Um, from what we all understand at this time, funding for all for most of that e-learning um, mm -hmm. outside of the the already created um, virtual school, which has its limitations for a lot of parents, um, all of that e-learning, the funding for it disappears in January, and so um, you know just as we are anticipating this increased um, prevalence and and risk, those opportunities are going to disappear right. uh, here in Florida. And so we're going to be stuck with having to, um, with parents having to maybe send their kids to school, or we're going to end up having a lot more students at school, thereby increasing the risk for 
um, spreading and in, in, um, it's just, no one is really looking forward to this. Um, right. But the funding disappears because of the way that the, um, the state government is, is managing this. Yeah, the, the idea that schools will shut down, um, think about what that's gonna do once again to parents who have to take care of their kids. Can they, can, are they gonna just stay at home again? And does it mean you work from home or does it mean you got to give up your job? You know, the people, people white collar workers can work from home. It's the people who are on the fringes, the, the bus drivers, the waiters, the people who clean hotel rooms in our state. Um, those people can't work from home. They have to go to their jobs. Right. And um, if their children are at home, they have to make a choice between how do we take care of the children and get to work every day. Right. And so it's going to differentially affect uh, the blue collar um, people who have to leave, who have to go to their place of employment right. uh, because there's no choice. A bus driver can't work from home. Okay, um, so so we are already seeing in the Midwest, um, throughout the Midwest, we're already seeing that things are beginning to change, and the Northeast is beginning to change. So we have two large swaths of the country where the um, uh, probably fall and increased activity are already resulting in restrictions and mandates. Um, if you know, and it's sad. We shouldn't have we shouldn't have to have a mask mandate. Right. We shouldn't have to be forced to wear a mask. What is what's the big deal? You know, um, it, we know it helps. There's there's no question about that. We know that they help. The right mask will help to reduce infections. Um, that's everybody's responsibility because we want to keep the infection rate down. It right. is you know it's like wearing a seatbelt. Um, and that moves us to the this next idea that many people argue that. Well, we should just do herd immunity. Okay, the, you know, look at those countries in Africa where they don't have any health care and they had herd immunity and now they have very low rates of infection. Well, let's consider some numbers. To have herd immunity, you need to have about 80, depending on the virus, depending on the infection, right. you need about 85 to 95% of the population has to get infected, okay? It, it, it's, it's, it, it takes a lot of people to get herd immunity. Right. To achieve 85 to 95%, about 2 million people would have to die. So when you say we should have herd immunity, I don't think anybody's ready for 2 million people to die. Well, not just, not just that, but I was talking to a physician and I really need to, to, to find the source of this information. But um, I was talking to a physician who, who is pretty sure that, that he had has been exposed and right. actually had it um, right. so, uh, several months ago, actually. Um, but uh, the from what he was saying, um, the immunity that comes, you know, once you get the, get the virus and then you recover mm -hmm. and, and everything that we think, okay, now we're immune to it because we've had it and now we, we can't get it again, right? right. Um, there have been uh, people in various positions who have made such a claim. Um, According to this physician, research is suggesting that um, that immunity lasts maybe three weeks. Well, um, and that after three weeks, you can get it again. And, and we've seen cases, we've seen reports where people get it again. Right. Um, but we, yes. uh, we tend to, tended to think that they were isolated um, sort of anomalies. Um, but, but yeah, 
from what this physician was saying, the, the, the research is suggesting that about three weeks is what right. you, if you're resting. You know, and that, that's a very good point because different, different viruses, different infections have different reinfection time to times. Okay. Right. The that's common cold. Get, that's why you don't get herd immunity for the flu. No, no, okay. because, but the common cold. Right. The common cold is a coronavirus. It's a, it's a strain of corona, all right? You can get more than one cold in a, flu, in a season. Right. You can get several colds per year because, because the, the, the period of, of um, inoculation, immunization, lasts, is a, it's, it's about two or three months, I think. And yeah. then you can, get, you can get reinfected. Right. So different viruses different, uh, have different timetables. I think the SARS virus is something like a year and a half. You know, we know that if you get, I think it's SARS or one of those, um, not SARS, um, the one, Ebola or something like that. It takes like a year and a half, you can get it again. Okay, so it's a longer reinfection time. But some viruses, it's weeks. And we don't know what it is with COVID because we don't have enough data. Right. You know, but it could be weeks, it could be months. Yeah. Uh, we just don't know. So you can get it again just because you have the antibodies. Now, what may happen with herd immunity is that we could get mild, many people are thinking that they had a mild case of COVID. Mm -hmm. Well, even a mild case would provide you with some antibodies, okay? Right. And so it may be that if we, if we practice all these safety features, safety uh, policies, that you will get infected, but it'll be a very mild infection, but you'll still be protected, yeah. okay? Whereas if you, do, if you try to do complete isolation, that probably won't work because you are, when you get it, you're gonna get it bad. Yeah. This argument about how to establish mm. uh, herd immunity and how do we get to some uh, place um, has, is the subject of two um, groups of specialists who are taking different positions. Mm -hmm. One of them is, and you may have heard about these things, one is called the Great Barrington Declaration. Right. Um, it's uh, in Barrington is in England, but it was um, done by some um, professors at the at Stanford University, and what they're suggesting is we should lift lockdowns on young and healthy people right. while protecting vulnerable populations. Mm -hmm. So people over seventy would be treated one way and given one set of advice people who are healthy and young would be allowed to do the other things. Right. Now we know from college football players that they're not immune to the disease, right. but we know that when they get it, it's a milder form and they usually recover. They don't always recover, they usually recover. Mm -hmm. So this is called focused protection. So vulnerable people would be protected. Um, people who don't need to be protected would be allowed yeah. uh, some, so you'd get herd immunity uh, safely and, and with precision. Right. There's an opposing view called the John Snow Memorandum that said this is a dangerous gamble, that the Great Barrington Declaration is a dangerous gamble. And 6,400 scientists have signed on to the John Snow Memorandum. Right. And they said that restrictions should continue until we suppress the transmission. And so the problem is that Right. When you shut things down, you're putting people out of work. And so if you're going to close things, you have a social responsibility to protect the people who are losing their jobs. 
And that's the great dilemma right now is that, yeah, we can close everything, but what do we do with the people who have lost their jobs? And we now are seeing people who have lost their jobs, lost their businesses, and there is a real turmoil um, that we're creating. Um, there was a special yesterday about um, people don't have to pay their rent, you know, during this pandemic, but right. eventually they're going to have to pay their rent. And if you're paying a thousand dollars a month, you could you could be looking at fifteen or twenty thousand dollars worth of back rent that right. you're going to be obligated to pay. And right. so, so we're we're creating a uh, a conundrum there that we're going to have to come to terms with eventually. And and as all of you know, since the election, um, the federal government, especially the White House, is not addressing this issue anymore at all, as far as we know. And there's been no there's been no movement. There may be discussions going on about a stimulus package, but that stimulus package isn't going to arrive in November and right. probably not in December. So the, the government has sort of slowed everything down and it's beginning to feel like it's every man for himself. You know, uh, you're not gonna get any help at least for now. Right. Um, and so we're, I think people are beginning to feel very, very vulnerable. Um, right. And this, so, and that's especially going to be the case if we if we attempt to, you know, rely on this idea of the herd um, immunity. That um, I mean, that's a lot of people who are going to be at risk right. for exposure. Um, mm -hmm. That will have to be at risk for exposure, right. um, and that's going to be a lot of missed work, uh, a lot of lost wages. Um, it's, so financially, economically, it's going to be, it would be a, a catastrophe. Right. Um, if, for the for for us because we you know how in the world do you recover from that? That's right, um, and it so, could take it could take a long time. I yeah. mean, some people are not going to recover financially. Right. I mean, they're just they're just they're, if they're not working and they're not paying their rent, um, at some day the, the you're, you're going to have to. This is all going to come due at some point. Okay. Right. Um, so we've had we've had 20, 200 and some thousand deaths, right? 229, about 230,000 deaths. It's estimated that by February, right? by February, so November, December, January, by February, the death toll will be 300, around 381,000. Mm -hmm. If 95% of people would wear masks, 130,000 fewer Americans would die. Right. If 85% of people wore masks, 96,000 fewer people would die, okay? Right. So if otherwise we're looking at it, we could be looking at a death toll by February of five, it could double. We could be at 511,000 right. deaths. Think of what that means for hospitals. Right. Could the hospital system, will the hospital system um, protect, will it be able to sustain itself given that number of infections and deaths? Right. So while states are, while states are eager to reopen, we understand that states want to reopen. People want to go Christmas shopping. They want to have their holidays. Um, it's generally agreed that if states continue to reopen, mm -hmm. and and Florida was one of those states that the governor was adamant that it would reopen. Mm -hmm. um, you said that they were going to reopen fully in November, mm -hmm. and all schools there would be no online education in January. So we're talking about Florida opening up completely. <clears throat> there could be a million deaths yeah. by the end of February of 2021. So right now we're at 230. 
we're going to probably get up to 500,000 500, deaths. Yeah. And if we reopen everything, we could, we could be looking at a million people dying between now and February 21st. Yeah. Um, given these kind of numbers, masks, this is an easy win. Right. I mean, it, you're, we're not, nobody's being asked to give up anything right. to wear a mask, okay? It, 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 you're not losing, you're not giving anything. Um, and so what if we're wrong? What if, what if Dr. Bernie and I are saying, look, folks, we advocate that you get a good mask and wear it religiously, faithfully. What are you, what are you giving up to do that? What if, what if he and I are wrong? Right. What have you lost? Absolutely nothing. Okay. Surgeons and nurses have been wearing masks for over 100 years. Right. Um, people in other countries wear masks. You've yeah. seen pictures of, of people in China wearing masks daily because of air pollution. Uh, what are you? What are you really giving up? You know, is, is is the argument that you're somehow losing freedom? Is it is it really a, a valid argument to make? Freedom from what? Hmm? I, I just want to ask freedom from what? What, what yeah. freedom are right. you losing? And now another example of <laughs> mass uh, Balisario, Bolsonaro, mm -hmm. the um, <clears throat> right wing populist in Brazil, mm -hmm. he came out the other day and he said, told his, Brazil, told his um, countrymen uh, to stop being a country of sissies. Now that's, that was the translation that the media, mm -hmm. but the word sissy is really a, um, in Portuguese, is a slur mm -hmm. on um, a gay person. Um, so, so it was translated gently as sissy, um, but you get my drift. But he right. told his countrymen, don't be a country. He said, everybody's going to die sometime. So you just go out and live your life. You go out and do what you want to do. Mm. He, like Trump, got uh, COVID. But they have the best medical care in the world. When you're a world leader, right. you get the best of everything. So chances are uh, Ben Carson has COVID. Ben Carson's going to get excellent medical care sure. and it's going to be addressed and it's going to be dealt with. All these famous people who are getting this disease are going to get medical care that most of us will never see. Okay. So when, you know, it's okay for, for Bolsonaro or anybody in his position to call his countrymen sissies, but remember that they're living in, um, uh, they're living in squalor. They're living close to each other. It's a very different reality for them. So let's be very careful. Um, you're really not, you're not sacrificing anything by wearing a mask. And you could be protecting not only yourself, you could be protecting other people. We don't, when we go into the grocery store, we don't know who, who's in that store and who might be sick or who might be vulnerable. So I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take the chance. I'm right. gonna wear a mask. I'm going to do my part to make sure that I keep my uh, the people around me safe, the people I care about, and the people uh, the people I live with in this community. I, I don't know who might have a, have an autoimmune disorder who's shopping at the same time as I am, but why worry about it? I'll put my mask on now, and, and I'll, I'm doing my part. So. Absolutely, yeah. Why? I mean, it's it's really um, it, it's not asking much. Um, no, no, that's what I'm saying. You're not. It's not a big sacrifice, um, 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 and and um, 
you know, you don't do Thanksgiving differently this year. Do, do the holidays differently. Right. Um, everybody in the country is asking us to be more careful this holiday season. Again, what do you, we're not giving that much up. We can celebrate in other ways at other times. But right now, let's be safe. Definitely. All right. So wear your mask, folks. Um, yeah. It's, it's, an easy, it's an easy solution. So. And if you're not sure what to buy, take a look at the show notes. There's a little article in there about good advice on what kind of mask you ought to get. Yeah, it's an article from the Insider. So. Yeah. All right. Well, that is it for today. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid.